Team Bondi wants you to hear their side of the story. In the future, you may be able to play Xbox 360 games on your PC, and Capcom screws over the fans that bought Marvel vs. Capcom 3. All that, plus more, on today's MASHcast. I'm Jared, and I am here with community manager and part-time hostage negotiator, Rob Hill-Williams. It's kind of like Inside Man, but not. (laughs) And also we have senior editor and intergalactic double Dutch champion, Nick Santangelo. Yeah, don't mess around. It's serious. You know what? Don't be part of my hobbies, okay, Rob? It's a, I'm not putting them down, man. My my part time hobby used to be Denzel Washington, so it's okay. Wow. Uh, that's a whole different kind of hobby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that just totally came out wrong. So, anyways, what have you guys been playing? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. a part time hostage negotiator, but I can't be like Denzel. That's fine. That's fine. I get what you guys are trying to say. It's okay. Yeah. All right. What are we playing? <laughs> uh, well, first off, this is Mashcast number 13. Got to go in order, guys. We're yeah. messing with Jared's blessed order. We should just like start at the end and just totally ruin his day. <laughs> you know. See you everybody know. next week. And these games are coming out next week. Yeah. <laughs> but um, let's start that whole thing over. How about that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that whole thing all right, over. Do your thing, Jared. <laughs> um, all right. Well, here we go. Yeah, like I said, this is MASHCast number 13. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to get into the games now because I really don't have anything to say because they kind of messed me up there. So, um, Rob, why don't you go first? <laughs> um, been playing Jamestown, uh, a nice little indie bullet hell type shooter that came out for uh, PC. It's It's so good, but it makes my hands hurt so much. After a while, <laughs> is that good? Do you want it's, that? It's like white knuckle. It's uh, it, it's just because it's good. It, it's like a white knuckle excitement. It's not because it's like, oh my god, I have to contort my hands like an octopus to make buttons work. Like it's not even like that. Okay. The controls are really simple, but I'm like, oh my god, 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 like the whole time. So it's a it's good. It's a little weird that it only has local co-op, but you know, me and Katie have been making the best of it. So it's a it's a good time. Yeah, it's a. Uh, Outside of that, uh, normal stuff, TF2 and Final Fantasy Dissidia, uh, Dual Decim, because one of my friends picked it up recently, and I still play, like, I play it pretty much every week, but, like, him playing it now, I'm like, man, I need to, I need to prepare for when I actually have somebody to face now, so I'm playing that again. That's it. Okay. How about you, Nick? Uh, I've been playing some Trench still. 
and that game continues to amaze me how much fun the levels are to replay repeatedly. Um, other than that, I just put up Assassin's Creed Brotherhood after uh, Jared has been, you know, giving me crap for I don't even know how many weeks for not having really played that game much yet. And I'm pretty hopelessly addicted to it. So Jared was right. It's a very good game. And the uh, the city building stuff, dude, I'm wasting so much time on that. Uh, I thought it was great in, the, in Assassin's Creed 2 with Monteregione and all that, but it's even more addictive in, in Rome. And other than that, just Halo Reach as usual. So that's me. And uh, for me, there's a certain game that I said I wasn't going to mention, so I'm not. And, uh, Starcraft. <laughs> well, thank you, Rob. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I was called. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so yeah, well there's that, and then there's uh, Mass Effect, been playing lots of Mass Effect, not 2, the original, um, you know, I started it on the 360 back when it first came out, and at the time, like, playing it on the 360, it was just too much for me, like, I don't know, like, I didn't feel like sitting down and playing a game like that on the 360, um, but I got caught up for, um, on Steam Summer Sale last year which I mentioned in the last podcast, I never opened up, and I started playing it again like about a week or so ago, and I you know, just fell in love with it now, so it's, I don't know, just easier for me to play it on PC, so i playing that, love it, and I'm, I think I'm almost done. Um, I'm playing Warhammer 40k Kill Team, which eh, I said in the pre-show, I'm not going to say it's good yet, Cause I want to play. I want to play it some more. Definitely Official review. Not. It's not bad. Yeah, it's, no, it's definitely not bad. I mean, it's one oh, of those games. Definitely. Yeah, definitely not bad. Because one of those games where it's like you have checkpoints, and so I get to each checkpoint, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna stop at the next checkpoint, and then I get to the checkpoint, I'm like, nah, I'm gonna keep going, and that it just makes you waste so much time doing that. So I'm, I've been having a good time. I'm not gonna say it's good. Yet. I need to play more. I'll let you guys know next week for sure. But um, other Can't than that, find out. Yeah, <laughs> but other than that, I uh, I have been playing Jamestown as well, and Rob is right, it is pretty insane. It's a, it's a good game, real good game. So, um, yeah, that's it for the for the no no big stories this week, mainly because me and Nick haven't been playing trench together, so there's been no mishaps. Exactly, I've had mishaps with my other trench buddies instead. Yeah, yeah, but they're they're not <laughs> on the in the trenches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're not on the podcast, so therefore we save you time. But uh, decided to see other trenches. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. All right, but uh, yeah, let's let's move into the topics. Let's uh, let's talk about more Team Bondi. Why why don't we? Because and... we can't not talk about Team Bondi anymore. They're becoming our Modern Warfare battlefield of this podcast. <laughs> The yeah. people demand more Bondi. Yeah. Oh, basically the whole... I don't, don't want to say... It's not a conspiracy, but the whole uh, shenanigans... Well, they that's think there's it, a conspiracy. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. The, the, the shenanigans that have been having a Team Bondi, or happened over the last seven years... Uh, just to catch you up real quick, if you're not familiar, lots of ex-employees complained about the working conditions at Team Bondi. Um, in response to the first interview, uh, the head... Uh, Brandon McLamara. McLamara. Yeah, he he totally just like yeah and was pretty much his response to right. the, the, the whole. Like that that probably might have happened, which yeah. is pretty much like yeah that that happened. Yeah, <laughs> like a boss. That's pretty much what he said. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I did it. What I want. Yeah, yeah I'll do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I didn't slap Charlie Murphy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much what that was. Yeah, so that's how that that first round went. But now there is a 
uh, one of the lead developers who's still with Team Bondi, he wrote a response because the IGDA um, is has launched an investigation into Team Bondi about the working conditions. So he sent a letter saying that they don't have the full story and, um, you know, it's not as bad as people said it was and I've never worked 100-hour weeks and, you know, stuff like that. Um, he said, you know, there, he says there was a crunch, but it wasn't as bad as people are making it out to be, and Brandon's not as bad as people making it out to be. And personally, he, oh, I'm sorry, go, go ahead, Nick. Yeah, I was just, uh, he said that, you know, just the opposite. We actually, if we saw anyone approaching that kind of insane hours, they were discouraged. Like, we, we were, you know, I would try to grab them and tell them not to do that. But he did say, still say they were working, I think, what was it, like 65, 70 hours a week? He yeah, 65, yeah 65 hours a week, except for a few isolated cases, various right. demo builds, which is funny because it kind of harkens back to the guy who said that, like, he worked for, like, a month straight for 100 hours, like, on that, like, 100 hours a week on that demo, and they never used it. So it's like, that's strange, but whatever, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Well, I also thought it was interesting that he's saying we had this really interesting, uh, uh, interesting, excuse me, that we had this really great uh, overtime policy in place. And it's like we're trying to say they're really generous about paying people for a weekend and weeknight pay, which is the polar opposite of everything that we have heard so far. In, in fact, it's it's like, it, like almost like. It, it, I don't even know what the mathematical term would be, but it like it's, it's not even the opposite. It's you know infinity times zero because <laughs> because yeah. they, they said they literally didn't get paid overtime. Like no one got paid. So well, it's not unless even you like, stayed on, you have to well, stay on. Yeah, you stayed on to see the end of the project. But That's I mean, it. like considering the revolving door they had and how many of those people even saw that, you know, come to pass. It was just kind of ridiculous, but you know, there were just several too. people who didn't even get their name in the game. Forget exactly. their overtime pay. Yeah. They didn't even well, get their I name would in ca- the game. You know what? Personally, I wouldn't care if they didn't give me overtime if they paid me. I <laughs> work. <laughs> that is true. But you know, here, neither here nor there. Uh, it's just weird because it's McNamara's already said like you know some of that stuff probably happened, and I was I'm very passionate and yada yada yada. So for him to say, you know, the new guy, Dave, to say, you know, like, oh, nothing was like that. It's like, well, Brendan kind of already said that, like, yeah, it kind of was like that. Exactly. Like, he doesn't look like a yeah. dictator, but it was like that. Exactly. So. I mean, anything this guy says in this letter, like, I'm like, okay, it sounds good. It's understandable. Yeah, yes, the, the game was a huge undertaking. Yes, it was the biggest game I'll show you ever put out. But anything you say is nullified by the fact that your boss says, yeah, and I don't care. It's just the way it is because we did this huge thing. Right. This is the way the industry is. If you don't want to be involved with the game, it's this massive of an undertaking, then don't be involved. Yada, yada, yada. Like, yeah, he just kind of like knee-jerk came back almost at that, like thinking like, yeah, so what? Whatever. It wasn't that big of a deal. This is the way it is. Like you said, yeah, I'm in charge. And it's like, well, maybe you didn't really think about this too hard because this thing is blown up out of control now. Um, I mean, th- this is what the third time we've been talking about this, yeah, yeah. Like and it everybody's is. talking about it around the web. And yeah, it, it's it's like silly now that like you know somebody that you know is in a management position but wasn't the head is now going to come out and say no, it really wasn't that bad after the head guy has already said yes. Yeah, so yeah, it it kind of throws his argument out the window. Like maybe it wasn't a hundred hours all the time, but it was obviously pretty bad, and the investigation will show what really went on so that's really about it yeah so 
hopefully that's the last time we talk about that, but I'm pretty sure some new information is going to come out like, oh, you didn't see the dungeons, you know, down in Team Bondi. But, um, <laughs> so we're going to move I'll away. I'll show you the black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're going to move away from that. Hopefully that's that's it. That's the last we, we really hear about it. Uh, even though I'm pretty sure we'll hear something about when the uh, uh, IGDA finishes their investigation. But uh, to move on to the next topic, um, that whole... Uh, uh, suffer, uh, helping uh, with the use uh, the loss from used game sales. That that train is is actually starting to pick up a little bit more with Ubisoft uh, joining the ranks. They are now uh, they said they're going to have a pass, a you play pass, or as was you play passport. It's going to call. It's going to be called totally um, different. Yeah, <laughs> but basically <laughs> exactly the same. It's the same thing. It's going to be when you buy your game new, it comes with the code. When the game gets traded in, or you buy a used game, odds are the code isn't going to be there. And even if the code is there, odds are it's going to have been used. Yeah. So you're going to have to buy another pass to play online and to well, not just to play online, but also to use certain um certain features online like DLC and stuff like that. Um, they're saying the first game that is going to be that's going to be included with this driver of San Francisco, and I wouldn't expect it. I, mean, I should I shouldn't say I wouldn't be surprised if it's also in Assassin's Creed Revelation. Yeah, that would that would probably make sense. I mean, that's a pretty yeah. I don't doubt, especially since they've gone more in the the direction of multiplayer, and so, well, not more in the direction, but multiplayer is a big part of it now. So well, even I can see that the DLC alone. You know, because, well, yeah, that's true too because that was a big part, like when you got into Assassin's Creed Two and past that. So yeah, as for the pass itself, though, I, mean, the, I love how they're trying to present it as, oh, you guys, guess what? You're gonna get access to all this bonus content, exclusive offers, online multiplayer play. It's gonna be great, and you know, it's probably mostly stuff that you would have just gotten with buying the game otherwise if they didn't feel the na- need to put this passport in. But they're putting the passport. But the real reason that any passport gets in any game now is because of used games. So like that's it, what I'm saying. Whatever they, whatever they try and paint it as, as a nice thing, it's not. I mean, like, yeah, they're giving you access to all that stuff rather than saying, well, go, go screw yourself. <laughs> We're not giving you anything. <laughs> but it's definitely, it, it, we know what the real reason is no matter what they say, but they have to put a nice face on it for their PR and their marketing teams. So, but, Yeah, that's exactly the point I was making. Uplay yeah. has been around for a while. I mean, I have yeah. several <laughs> games that have Uplay. I, I, I have yeah. an, I've, you, I mean, I've even used Uplay. I mean, I've gotten, like, yeah. the extra costumes in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood yeah. from, you know, the Uplay points and stuff, you know. This is nothing, <laughs> this is nothing new. Like, what are they going to offer you more than before? A cha- change the change color and costume? Like, no. Like, I'm sorry, but real gamers don't care about that. Yeah, even <laughs> yeah, with the true. same basic content, it's just now it's just locked behind this passport that they got to pay nine ninety nine for. Yeah. So, but um, you know, I it's it's more of a rebranding. They, in my opinion, they should have just said, hey. We're gonna start doing this with used games, with game, with uh, games. Don't try yeah. to dress it up. Like I hate. Right. That's what I hate because if you listen to last week's podcast, I'm pro for you know I like the idea of the pass. We had mm-hmm. a, a, long, a rather long discussion about it last week, and but I hate when 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 companies try to dress things up and act act like it's oh this is really good for you like <laughs> like 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 it's, Netflix screw you come guys come on it's going to be yeah. fun oh, Netflix let's not start about that cuz this is supposed to be about games but man you get me on that <laughs> <laughs> 
that's I just I just I just hurt the hearts of a million people out there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, thousands of people who already said they're gonna give up their service. But yeah, moving on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, I just hate when companies dress up stuff like that. Right. You know, just 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 be Put honest. on the table plane and say, you know, we're already losing enough money to to use game sales, and if you want to buy it used, that's fine. You'll still get to play. You know, for the most part, the game and. This is what we're going to do, though, for people who are, you know, who actually adopt the game and buy it new, and you know, want to support us. You get every, you get access to everything. Yeah, just is, a little in, more transparency. It, yeah, and, and in fact, and maybe people who buy used games would maybe go, "Really? I didn't realize that like it wasn't like giving the money or something." Because there's that, you know, there's that person out there. So. Yeah, a little yeah, more plain. People out there that have no idea. It's the same people who think that. Um, Infinity Ward made Black Ops and and uh, well, whatever, whatever the call or that they made everyone because I've known yeah. people that they made World at War too. So yeah, yeah. World at War. I was gonna they say I don't know. Right? I don't know why I was gonna say <laughs> made Brothers in Arms. Right? <laughs> I don't know why I was gonna say Call of Duty Pacific Sun for some, for some reason. That's what was popping up in my head. I'm like, but that's wrong. Why are you gonna say that? Medal of Honor, Black Ops. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're gonna move on. Modern now. warfare, <laughs> right? Yourself, <laughs> uh, <You're> <laughs> full of laughs. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to continue on. Um, once again, somebody. Well, I'll start it off like this: the yeah. on live chief believes that cloud gaming will dominate the industry in 10 years. I wonder why. Yeah, that's yeah. weird that he would say that. Online chief? That's weird. Exactly. <laughs> and just to clarify, we're saying on live, not online. Um, and if you... You mean, <laughs> you mean Al Gore? <laughs> That'll never work. So if you don't know what on live is... Basically, it's a cloud gaming service. If you don't know what a cloud gaming service is, that means that you don't have the software on any physical device where you are. If you're playing on a PC, you actually connect to another server and it streams the game to you. You can also do the same thing with this little console piece that they'll sell to you. I think it's like a is it like a hundred bucks, maybe a little bit more expensive than that. But basically, you stream the game across the internet. Um, honestly. If you have a decent internet connection, it works well. Like, I played Dead Space 2, not across OnLive, but across a different um, streaming service called Gaikai. Gaikai. And it was, um, first of all, it looked great. And I was playing it on a PC that had, like, a minimal, like, Intel graphics card. So graphics aren't even an issue. But, um, yeah, it looked great. The frame rate was... About 30 frames per second, which is good for games. Uh, on my PC, I prefer to be 60, but hey, that's just me. Yeah. Um, but but it was... for anybody who wants to, like, the, the fact that you can do that is still, still good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and by all means, the service is very impressive. The problem with the service is that you have to be connected to the internet, which means, first of all, if the internet goes out, the time where you want to play a single-player game it's gone. Like, you can't play it. Like, you, there's no option to bring it to your PC and play it because it's all cloud-based. So if your internet goes out, you're screwed. And second of all, you have to have a good internet connection. So what's going to happen if you're playing, uh, you know, you're playing on a day and if you have cable, you know what happens in your area affects your internet. 
a whole bunch of people are going to enter at the same time. Now your gameplay experience is crappy. You know? And I don't want I don't want my personally, this is me speaking now. I don't want my gameplay. You don't want it subject to the just the random Exactly. Yeah, who does? Companies like Comcast. <laughs> exactly, cuz Comcast, they'll go out and be like, "Yeah, well, we'll be out there in 2 weeks." <laughs> you know how they do. Yeah. We're having maintenance, but we were never going to tell you about it. We're not going to put anything on the site, and if you call in, we're just going to say there's some minor disruptions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That, that's how that works. Um, but Can back... Problems in Anyways, yeah. <laughs> back now, about the article, because I know I just gave you a little crash course on On Live. Um, basically, he brings up some valid points, like, you know... First of all, it's it doesn't cost a lot of money for you to have to like build a PC or, um, you know, get new consoles stuff like that. So that first of all, but in terms of for publishers and things like that, it uh, pretty much eliminates piracy, which it does. In that aspect, they think that a lot of publishers are going to, um, you know, float toward that because piracy is a big issue, uh, and even uh, used game sales are even a bigger issue for publishers. And you see publishers like what well, we just talked about it. You play pass for Ubisoft, Capcom making the horrible decision of <laughs> making Resident Evil one save game. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that was so messed up. Yeah, yeah, and you know even <laughs> you, know, you get more and more uh, publishers and. You know, Sony with the PSN pass and EA with whatever they call their pass, you know. Um, you know, they're trying to fight this used games slash piracy problem. Streaming does do that for you. I it, it definitely does do it for you. But we're in a country that not everybody has access to cable internet. If you're on a DSL connection, you can kiss that goodbye. You can kiss streaming video games goodbye. Okay. Um, then on top of that, like our infrastructure, like th- we, there's problems all the time. I mean, just from playing like on PC, you know, back when I used to play Unreal Tournament, you know, sometimes we'd be playing on like, um, you know, a server out in Chicago and normally everything was fine. It's like one of the best places to, you know, to play, you know, to play in from our area. And then, one, you know, some days your ping will just go skyrocket because of something that happened in the area around the host. Or your packet got messed up along the way or it's getting distorted or rerouted somewhere because something that happened to the equipment that you hit along the way. There's, there's so much that can happen that's just out of your control. Yeah, and it's way better than it was, say, you know, five even five years ago. But it's still a lot of problems, especially as more and more people jump on and they you know are taking advantage of internet and whatnot yeah yeah he's he's saying 10 years you know so he's not saying tomorrow but that's still not like a terribly long time from now yeah because i mean we've gone to five years or so from you know okay like things there's some problems but it kind of works to like you know there's slightly less problems than it works (laughs) so it's like 10 years it's like you know we're still going to have issues probably you know i think but yeah Yeah, these problems are not going to be just gone by then at the same time though i mean it's not it's not a completely wild prediction i wouldn't say especially with just how how cloudy no pun intended seriously um the the future of console gaming looks right now like there's yeah, just... that's, there's more. Yeah, there's more of that coming around the corner, and also the fact that digital is kind of set to supplant, uh, you know, 
brick and mortar physical, you know, games and the games bought from like brick and mortar stores. So, yeah, I mean, like I see that, you know, getting gaining more relevance, you know, throwing things in the cloud, going somewhere else, that sort of thing. But I don't know, like there's just something about it. It's like, like I don't say I'm not saying he's wrong, but everybody's always saying like in a couple of years, you're going to see this totally take over. It's like, you're still going to have room for other stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not going to be that extreme, I don't think. And there are a lot of upsides, like Jared said to this, but there's also a lot of downsides. And, you know, we're all definitely in agreement that they're not just going to all be fixed in the next 10 years. And it is very much like, once again, someone who has a vested interest with this thing taking off is saying like, this is it, everybody. This is the future. It's going to rock. You know, just like the guy from Angry Birds saying mobile and social gaming is the future. Consoles right. are done. And then Nintendo coming back and saying, oh, no, you're destroying the market. It's all about home consoles and $50, $60 games of that value. Yeah. And I can definitely tell you something that's going to keep this from 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 flourishing the way that uh, they think it will. And that's the fact that right now the the not the content providers but the ISPs are clamping down on data usage yep. big time and you start streaming every game that oh. well first of all I mean <laughs> everything is everything put some strain on it yeah everything is going streaming I mean not just games but movies music yeah. all this stuff's yeah. going streaming okay and as it increases we're gonna see the providers clamp down even more because in this country for some reason. We don't build infrastructure. We just keep the same crappy infrastructure we have, and we and we and we 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 limit you. That's what happens in the great United States of America with the internet. So basically, like right now, if you're on Comcast, you have a 250 gigabyte limit. Okay, you hit that limit too many times, you're you're done. It's over. Not only that, not only that, but let's say you don't hit the limit. Comcast has done something over the last couple months where out of all the houses on your node or in your area, the houses that have the great that ha- that use the greatest bandwidth are capped automatically. It doesn't matter how much you're actually using. It just if you're the hog of the area, like if you're taking not even this, you don't even have to be a hog. You could just be using it the most. You will get capped down. Okay, so that's another thing. Like you know, you you're streaming all this stuff because you know, I'm pretty sure if you're streaming games. You're streaming Netflix too. You're probably streaming music. You're taking up a lot of bandwidth. Yeah. Did you guys see that report that came out like a week or so ago? It's I think they said thirty percent of all bandwidth is now being taken up by gamers streaming Netflix and like Hulu and other streaming video services to their consoles. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's insane. And you know that that's just looking like it's going to get even bigger and bigger. It is, and, and as especially it goes, if this yeah. guy is right, you know that's this sort of thing you're heading towards more and more, and yeah. you know the, the big telecoms are like, hey, wait a second, we can't just be giving out all this bandwidth for free to everybody. Yeah, it's funny because like, that's that's, the, that's what we're paying for is for you well, to give yeah, out all exactly. the bandwidth. <laughs> but you know, whatever. Yeah, they see a way to make more money, so they're going to clamp down on it, and as that becomes more relevant, then they can make even more money. So exactly. But then, yeah, money, money, money. Let's say that's not even. Let's say that is not even a, is not even a factor. Right, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave on this. The the problem is first of all, I mean, Gaikai. I'm mean, not Gaikai, but Olive is great. 
like let's say you're a PC player, online is great for people who let's say have really inexpensive PCs or don't have good PCs. You know what I'm saying? That's great for them. But for people like me, like I built a decent PC, I don't mind. Uh, actually, no, I built a great PC. Let me be clear. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be humble for a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't mind spent doing that because that's just what I do. You know what I'm saying? So people like that, I prefer to have the games on my system because like I said, if the internet goes out, I can still play it. Same thing with the consoles. Like, I mean, I would, even if the Xbox did a lot of digital downloads, I would download some stuff, but there's just some, certain things that I want a physical copy of. You know? So, that that's just me. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'm not alone, so. Yeah, I think we're all moving more and more towards digital stuff. I know I am, but I still, I, I have way more disc based games just and not even like historically it's just you know this generation about way more disc based games than downloadable stuff that that is you know leveling out a little bit more but it's still heavily in favor of the disc and probably most people are still like that but i, I think eventually we will get to a point where it's all digital but that's not coming like in the next couple of years or anything doubt it doubt it so but uh yeah of course like he believes it's gonna happen more power to you, buddy. And if it happens, good for you. You know, either way, I'll be playing games, so. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, to move on, we're going to go on to our next topic, which uh, I guess kind of goes with this, because while the OnLive chief believes that streaming is the future, Microsoft apparently doesn't, because, you know, they're preparing the next Xbox. Um, we don't necessarily have... A, a, we don't have news. We have rumors about the new Xbox. That's right. But, yeah. You know, rumors. They're fun rumors. The, it seems it's fun rumors, and they seem pretty grounded in fact. And I don't see actually, given some other moves that have happened recently, um, I, I don't see why they wouldn't be true. What we're referring to is the fact that uh, the Windows 8 uh, is supposed to be able to be basically cross compatible with 360 games. So. If you've got a PC that can run it, pop your 360 game in your PC and go. <laughs> like, which is kind of awesome because it would actually kind of give me a reason to play more 360 games than I do currently. Yeah, I mean, I, it sounds really gotta cool. Say. You, <laughs> I gotta say, I don't. If you got a gra- if you have a graphics card that you bought within like the last three years, you can play 360 games, no so. problem. No yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not all. a question of like, oh my god, you need so much power because you you don't. <laughs> you really don't. You really, you really don't. But um, that right there, because you know, Sony definitely has uh, better exclusives, in my opinion, than Microsoft does. The I would only, agree. the only, yeah, like they, yeah, they don't used to be. It didn't used no. to be that way, but it, it's tipped heavily over the last several years towards Sony. I think it's because they take more chances on stuff, but, you know, that's, like, another conversation for another time. But, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, you know, I think the only people who have more exclusives than them are are Nintendo. Um, That's because Nintendo's business is first party. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. So, Microsoft, their trump card is like, oh, yeah? You want to play 360 games? That's cool. You can play them for two ways, and then for, for shooters... Like, I would never play a shooter on the 360 again. Exactly. Ever. I would That's play I mean. PC and the, and every time. You, and you get to connect with all your friends that are playing, you know, on um, Xbox Live. We and should that. say, though, that they, they did say, at least initially, and they're saying it might change sometime down the road after the thing comes out, but at least initially you, there would not be cross-platform play. 
between Windows and Xbox Live. But, but that Windows would get sort of its own day. Xbox Live. It wouldn't be X- Windows Live, basically. We get its own like Windows Live service. In order to get this to work, you know, just put like you said, just put the disc in there and play it. But you would have to pay like probably you know similar to Xbox oh, well, yeah. Live. Yeah, they're not going to let you play for free on Xbox Live on your computer. Like you're definitely right. going to have to pay for it. But yeah. they're but definitely. But I mean, that's not bad. It's, no, it's not bad. No, it's it's good. Yeah. But you def. But like I think that it's definitely going that route because. They've already made the merger of, or I guess they're in the process of making the merger if they haven't already, to move uh, Windows Live Gaming into Xbox.com. So right. you can tell that you can see the right, like the handwriting's on the wall, even if this is just a rumor. Like there's a direction it's going. <laughs> and it's not a bad one, actually. Like, I like it. I actually like it. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft, like, sh- and like it's going out so hard against like the, uh, the 3DS and the Vita, too. After uh, in the in the wake of like their big showings at E3, and everybody, you know, obviously rumored for so long, Microsoft's going to get in the handheld market. Just keeps coming. You know, Windows 8 is supposed to be like really good for like mobile platforms, from what everything I've heard. So this could kind of be like their their answer to that. You know, yeah, I don't see it being an answer it's to mobile not... gaming because they really are trying to say that like mobile gaming is a waste of time, which right. is whatever. We know it's not, but that's their standpoint. But but uh, you are... install. But you're basically giving the ability to like that you now have an install base of everybody who basically has a PC because everybody's running Windows. <laughs> Actually, yeah, so. and it's not the same as having like a little handheld device, but it is like, hey, you know, just bring your laptop with you. Microsoft you already your Xbox games. Microsoft already has a way to get into the handheld market, and that's XNA. You guys know about XNA, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because XNA, like, actually, ah, nobody's taking advantage of it, which is kind of pissing me off. Um, no, I should say nobody, but nobody, no one real, no, really noticeable has taken advantage of it. But uh, there was a, uh, a game called uh, I would, I, I'll find the name of the game, but basically it was like a it was like a bullet shooter, and it was going to be on the PC, the 360, and uh, Windows Mobile phone, and it looked amazing. But that, I mean, it's the same thing now. Like if it is compatible with it, it can go on all three platforms. Hmm. So maybe they already had that, it's just nobody takes advantage of it. Maybe they will this time. <laughs> you know, like Microsoft just doesn't see a, a benefit in it, but they have the ability to, to cross that platform. Exactly. Like X and, and if somebody and else does it, then maybe Microsoft will see the the wisdom in it and they'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's an yeah. interesting point. So yeah, hopefully. But um, yeah, from what I've been hearing, like a couple of rumors that I heard, like one, uh, they well, we know that they can do cross platform between the PC and the 360 because they did it with Shadowrun, which that experiment didn't go too well. Um. I, from, from from what I've heard, the reason they're doing it is not because they can't; it's because the PC players have such a big advantage over the console players and shooters. That is, yeah, exactly. They did mention that, uh, they did leave it open. I mean, of course, the whole thing is a rumor too, so it could all yeah. turn out to be nonsense. Right. Oh, but yeah. just assuming that you believe this rumor, they're saying, yeah, this something could change in the future, down the road, sometime after it launches. It could be cross-platform and all. And, I don't know, maybe they would require you to have like a USB mouse and keyboard on th- your Xbox. I don't know how they could do that. Or just you would have to have, you know, be using a controller on PC, which would defeat like most of the purpose of it. Exactly. Like, so I don't no know what they would play. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what they would do to level that playing field. And if, aside, <laughs> aside from like the playing field of people getting d- destroyed in first person <laughs> shooters. 
Like the like the, uh, you know what that would ensure the reemergence of PC because people would be like, why am I getting owned so bad in every shooter I play? And they'd be like, well, there's your answer because everybody's playing on PC now, and they'd be like, I gotta get a PC. Yeah. <laughs> they would kind of kill their console market, but they would definitely keep their game market going. Oh yeah, yeah, they would definitely, <laughs> definitely get the do the PC market flowing again once all those fanboys found out what it's not the same. They've been telling me it's the same for years. Exactly. GameStop's been telling me it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> that, that definitely not. Oh, that, it's totally the same thing, man. It's totally the same thing. You're still playing the same game. It's fun. That that feel you get for you console fanboys, you never felt the mouse in the hand before when you're killing somebody? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> the weight of the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Purpose. Function. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but um, there's also a second rumor that we've been hearing this has to do with not Windows 8 but the successor to Windows 8 because Windows 8 to my knowledge or from what I should say where I've been hearing only has a three year kind of like life expectancy um, and when Microsoft is expecting to come out with another it's Windows after that it's not their <laughs> Vista it's just that I think they're just going to keep you know operating systems moving at this point forward hmm. but um, the successor to Windows 8 is supposed to be the operating system that is going to work on the new Xbox. That opens which up. Still lead, yeah, which lends even more credence to everything that's being yeah. said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting. That that into the equation. I mean, that's a good thing because now that really is like if if a developer makes a game for the 360, that can easily be ported over to PC. I fact, think it's not even really important anymore at that point. It's adding extra controls. It's that is it's, true. Add extra thing. inputs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean <laughs> that right there. Like that would give developers so much incentive to develop for the Xbox because now they're developing for two platforms at the same time. It would cut development time down. And you know what else is interesting about that that I'm just not thinking about now. You're in a situation now where like developers, especially like I guess more out of the way of any developers, but even any developers like you have to have like that you know that dev console to work on i you know i know a lot of developers that prefer to work on a pc when it's when they can now you get them to have the ability to work on that pc and not have to worry about what they're going to have to change down the line or what they're going to have to you know like axe or move or or like how much more time is going to have to be spent because now they need to put it on a console it just goes right down the tube right in the right in the 360 you don't even have to have a dev console anymore like, you just have to have a PC that has software, which is... Yeah. I think that's a lot of possibility. <laughs> I mean, the downline the dev console is going to completely go away only because you need something to test on. Like, really test on, you know? Right. Well, yeah. That's so, so the dev console will still be there. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, uh, you know, who knows? But if if this is the case, um, I think... It's certainly it's, more flexible, though. Yeah. The only problem I can see is, like, if it does use the same OS that Windows uses, that if, it's, if it is a Windows OS, like a real Windows OS, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, crack city, baby. Like, that, this is going to be busted wide open. I mean, does anybody remember Windows CE on the Dreamcast? That worked well. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, no, doing it, it, well, it, it, worked it well did for work some well. People. It worked well. However, in terms of piracy, rest it in did. peace, Dreamcast. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but who knows? Who knows what Microsoft's going to do 
they come out with amazing stuff all the time. <laughs> so you never you never know what they you know what they're gonna do, or it's probably gonna be like a variation, some type of variation of Windows. But um, right, enough to be a difference because it's not like they're gonna make you start putting in you know product codes and stuff like that on your 360 when you start it up for the first time and you have Windows in it. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that, and I, I'm I am definitely interested in, in keeping up with that and see how they go. Um, but uh, while Microsoft is well, I should say Microsoft isn't doing anything with the consoles as long as far as they're concerned. <laughs> Rumors of Microsoft uh, preparing for the next console. Um, THQ has some. Well, I should say the THQ CEO has some things to say about the next gen consoles. What himself. they think? Yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, the THQ CEO. I don't know why I'm having kind of a tough time saying that THQ CEO. But, but um, <laughs> the, the THQ <laughs> CEO. It's just fine. it's just too yeah. It's too many letters. That's all. <laughs> all yeah, over the place. Yeah. Then ABC one two three. The had THQ this to say boss. About... <laughs> yeah. The guy who's in charge of THQ says, <laughs> um, well, he believes that the next gen is less about technology and more about service. Um. When I first read the when I read the title, I was actually I put my hate hat on. And I was ready to go for it, but then I read what he actually had to say, which was kind of like a big duh. So you're not mm-hmm. supposed to do that on the internet. Oh you yeah, just jump to conclusions. You were right the first time. <laughs> yeah. So basically, <laughs> what he said was that you know he talked about Apple and Google and how they're you know kind of changing things with their streaming services, streaming music, streaming movies, and things with Apple TV and Google TV. Um, He's talking about services like we see on the 360. PSN a bit lacking, but you're talking about on the 360 with like you know their their Diamond TV service coming out, Netflix, yeah, ESPN that's already ESPN, on there, Hulu, just everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's and it's what, like constantly you you hear about something new coming out too. Yeah, like that's, we just heard about uh, Xbox Music coming out this fall for on on 360, and just you're they're always adding more services. Yeah, and even as behind. Even as behind in some ways as Sony is, like they they even have Music Unlimited and Curiosity and right. and Netflix on theirs as well. So it like, well, everybody but Nintendo basically you know knows where it's, where where they where the where story it's at is. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Oh, Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're getting around to it. Come on, we got. They Netflix are. Now. It's okay. I get. <laughs> I will have some faith that maybe you know Wii U will step up the you know step up the game since they are technically the next step in next gen. You know, regardless of they think other people think they're stepping stone, but it's technically the next step. So hopefully they'll catch up. Yeah, but def- definitely when this guy's talking about expanded services. Uh, even as much as I like Nintendo, obviously Xbox and PlayStation come to mind first, especially since we already heard, you know, I think it was Reggie from Nintendo came out and said, yeah, yeah, it was Reggie. We're going to leave, you know, a lot of our online network up to third parties. And that was just like, oh, no, you're doing it wrong. But, you know, like they can leave that up to third parties, but at the same time, like that doesn't mean they can't have services. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like Still, you want that centralized network. I, I am I am cautiously hopeful. How about that? About them, and that in that space. But I mean, ultimately, you still have to have the games, and you still have to have the base experience for console players 
to for for people to buy the console. It is definitely about services, but technology still has to be up to par with the service. It, you know, yeah, like that's you know, number one that gets people in really the- fantastic services. But like, if it has PS2 graphics, nobody wants it. You know, they that's just a sad fact of the you know sad fact of the matter. Um, you, I think that you definitely get to the point where it you know a game player gets it into the household the fact that it has services gets everybody else to use it and see it as more than just a gaming console. Yeah, and they're just going to continue to pack on the features. I mean, that's a big duh right there. Like, when you see it with the 360 and how, you know, regular people are using it, I mean, even part, even with the Kinect, a big part of the Kinect is how you're able to talk to it. You know, Xbox... The potential for yeah. its services, exactly, yeah. Exactly, you know. As or, much as they try and say it's about gameplay, it's not. Or, or if you like commercials, <laughs> you know. If you like commercials, exactly. you can find your local Toyota dealership. That's <laughs> you know? great. It's awesome for that stuff. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. So, no. but I mean, <laughs> they, they, were, they were thinking of you, Nick. <laughs> I know. Where? It's just weird. I don't even drive a Toyota. <laughs> Bill Gates is in his bajillion dollar home, and he's like, you know what, Nick? I, Nick, yeah, I just, yes. <laughs> How did he know? That's because he listens to this podcast. But that's beside the fact. Wow. Well, they um, heard Sony was listening from last week, so they had to get on it too. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. that that's the next thing you'll see in Sony too. But um, yeah. I mean, this is I can't even say this is really news, but it was noteworthy that you know I guess. The console developers and the and the at least the CEOs of well, maybe he, it's a major publisher are in the same place. You know, it's like oh yeah, about it's about the service. But if you had common sense, you would know that like they're not going to roll <laughs> back. They're not going to roll back services. You know, right? And so. it's obviously become a part of their game plan because they want people outside of just the core gaming audience to adopt stuff. Yeah. So we're going to leave that one alone now and we are going to move on to something I consider bad news. I know Rob considers it bad news. <sighs> Ultimate Marvel <laughs> versus Capcom 3 or as we like to say fuck you players. Yes, <laughs> as we like to say the game that should have come out that was $60 that I bought day 1. <laughs> they were originally going with that title. It was just they too much of should have. They, they had to cut have. it back. Oh. Dude. Oh. <laughs> Nick, you want to go first? Uh, all right. Yeah, I'll go first. I don't really play fighting games, to be honest. Swing, I, every once in a while. What are you saying? You can take a swing, swing at it. Take my swing at it. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fighting game fan, but it's not even really about that. What it's about is that, you know, we, we're publishers double dipping like hardcore. You're going to bring out this game that, you know, there's a lot of excitement for. You know, people, you know, love Marvel versus Capcom, and everybody gets in on it early. You know, all the fans paying sixty dollars and everything, and you know, comes and goes and enjoys it. And then a couple months later, oh yeah, by the way, now we're bringing out Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom three. It's got twelve new fighters. Supposedly, this is another rumor. This comes from uh, this website, Quarterbin. Supposedly has sources that are close to the project. So we'll see if this actually comes about, but if it does, I mean, this is really messed up. This is just a slap in the face of everybody who paid sixty dollars for this thing the day it came out. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'll let you go next, Rob. Your anger is like overflowing right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's uh, like my my pot is boiling over, and it's uh, uh, okay. I mean, like really though, it, seriously. It, it's one thing when Street Fighter 4 comes out 
and they have, you know, Street Fighter 4 comes out, and then they have Super Street Fighter 4. Like, to me, that was almost justifiable. It was okay to me in a certain respect. Um, it felt like there was enough change in it. And technically what Marvel vs. Capcom is doing is the same thing, but the major, major difference between Marvel vs. Capcom and, you know, Street Fighter 4 is the fact that there was such a long wait for Marvel vs. Capcom, and all the promises that Marvel vs. Capcom 3 was going to be the game that we had waited all those years for after Marvel vs. Capcom 2, which didn't happen, because, and it could have happened, but it didn't. Because we get the game, and the game is good, don't get me wrong, but then you get two DLC characters, which were in the, the premium pack if you paid for that, which I would be mad as all hell if I paid for that now. Um, but you get those characters, and uh, that's it. You, and, you, and like a costume pack. And then some, some Shadow Battle DLC, which didn't really mean anything to the game at all. At all. At all. <laughs> um, <laughs> you say it three times, it means even less. It, it is really, though. <laughs> That's how it works. Um, so, like, you basically just, like, turned around and lifted your leg on a tree and said, like, this is what we think of all those promises that we made about this game because now we're going to bring out the game we should have brought out at $60 that all of these millions of people bought because they they love Marvel vs. Capcom and they wanted to see the series come back and do well. And now you're going to bring out, you know, the game you should have brought out at $60 for $40. And basically, and like Nick said, slap all those people in the face. Like, collectively slap, like, what was it, like 6 million people in the face? Like, come on. Like, there's there's nothing, nothing that's right in that at all. Like, yeah, like I it, said, dude, I'm not even a fighting game fan. Like, I don't even play the game. I'm pissed off for those people. Yeah, like, it's just, like, that's what makes me mad about it. Like, will I buy it? I probably will. Like, I'm not going to lie. I will probably still buy it because, you know, at $40, it's like, well, it's cheaper at least. I can justify it to myself. And I guess, in a way, they did me a favor because if they were going to release every character at $5 a pop, like they had, like they did with Jill and and Shuma Garath, then they just saved me a butt ton of money. But it still doesn't, like, ease that anger <laughs> at them not releasing the game they should have and the game that they promised. It would have been one thing if they said Marvel's Capcom 3 is coming out. You know, it's kind of going to be okay. <laughs> like, kind of like Jared, kind of like Jared's review in the beginning. It's not a bad, you know, it won't be terrible. You know, like, if it was like that, then, you know, maybe I would even accept it. But it, they promised that it was going to be a game that you waited so many years for. It was going to be awesome and going to never forever do, and it wasn't. And that's my piece. I I'm mad, but you know what? I'll still buy it. So maybe I'm the sucker. I don't know. <laughs> that's the problem. Like they they just get us all the time. With it. Like they they just know. Like oh, the fans that's will buy your, it again, option, no matter I mean, what. Like, your option. I mean, okay. Your option is always, always as as a consumer, as as somebody who plays games, or as a consumer in anything, not even just in games. But your option is always to speak with your money and, you know, the the best way that you could speak with your money is to not buy something. That is the ultimate statement. But when you're a fan of something and you do want to see it succeed and you want to see them do it correctly, you want to support it. So, like, I supported Marvel's Capcom 3 when it came out at $60, but obviously I didn't get the the full experience. I didn't get the real game. So 
as a fan, my choice is to my only real choice is to put down forty dollars and get the new one. But as a consumer, I I desperately don't want to because I want them to know that it's not okay. But I I'll never get anything out of that experience, you know, without paying for it. So it, it's kind of like a catch twenty two a little bit. But yeah, you know. they they definitely hoodwinked you there. Like obviously, like you say, you didn't know when you paid sixty dollars. You thought you were getting this. I'm, this is it. I'm getting the best edition. Sure, right. every, sure. There's gonna be downloadable fighters. That's fine. Okay, everybody does that. That's not that big a deal. Um. You know, but but then to come out with it's cheaper and it's got twelve more fighters, two of which, like you said, were I guess were already DLC. Right. And, well, actually, and, no, those characters. No, those characters aren't even included in the total of twelve. That's another thing that's annoying. You oh, get those oh, I've, characters I've for free that. that you know other people paid ten dollars extra for the premium, or they paid you know ten extra dollars in DLC to get those characters. Those two characters plus another twelve are going to be added. It's going to be a total of fifty characters. So. Like it, it's just like a super slap in a bit. Like if you even bought those characters, and like you're getting even more raked over the coals. Luckily, I didn't even do that. But you know, like there too. Like there's a there's plenty of people that did because there's plenty of people that like the game like that. And even if the game wasn't complete when it comes out, because unfortunately we know games don't get released complete anymore. Um, you know, they get released and then they add DLC onto stuff that they already cut out that they cut out of the game rather than add on to it. Um, but even buying it at $60, my expectation was at least that in DLC, I would get the, by the end time it was done, I would get the full experience. Kind of like what they're doing with Mortal Kombat. They're still supporting that game. They're going to add more characters to it. You know that. Marvel vs. Capcom, that was my thought. That wasn't what happened. I was, I was prepared to accept that, but not necessarily this. And that's my problem with yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just so stuff so I'm done. So I'm done. You, you guys, you, Jared, is your turn. Go. <laughs> I, me, I, I'm not buying it. I am not buying the game. There you go. And I, I'm a fan of Marvel vs. Capcom. Don't get. I'm not like super hardcore into it. I'm not even that great at the game. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I did buy a fight stick though, and I'm still not that great with it. So, uh, but um, I'm just not gonna buy it because I'm like, you know, I already paid sixty dollars for your game. It wasn't really complete. It was just an okay experience, and I was just willing to accept that that was it. Was that was it? But now you're like, oh well, this is the game that should have came out, you know. And I really hope they didn't use those words because that would have just that would have like sent me through the roof. Like if they say, oh yeah, well this is the one that should have came out. Like no, no, don't say that. Uh, I, yeah, I hope they never say that in public. Yeah, yeah, that's what they said behind closed doors in meetings. I'm sure. You know, like let's give them the whole game. Yeah. Like, but never say that in public, or I wow. will go to Capcom, both in USA and in Japan, and Capcom Unity, and I will burn all those buildings to the ground, and I will kidnap every producer. <laughs> Not just <laughs> I will me, take folks. Jared's, I will take Jared's place this week. I will kidnap somebody. <laughs> <laughs> just anybody 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 it. anybody I can get my hands on <laughs> janitor you're coming yeah. <laughs> gets the mailroom guy see if you, if you guys take anything away from this podcast is that kidnapping is an effective technique to get things done okay yes especially to get the things you want out of your games kidnapping, yeah. is, kidnapping is always better than buying the same game twice kids yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the lesson we're trying to impart here. Acceptable in any situation that you're not trying to get something done for a game, but it's acceptable. Very, it's very much acceptable in the course of a video game. Yeah, yeah, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm just 
I'm just not buying it. Like I said, I, I was a fan of the series. I, I am a fan of the series. I'm not going to let one game ruin yeah, that for yeah, me. It could still be a if fan they of came, that. If they came up with a Marvel vs. Capcom 4, I would probably buy that, but I'm not rebuying your game. What I'm if they just call this one Marvel vs. Capcom 4? Then I would have bought <laughs> it. Does that work for you? <laughs> <laughs> right. Everything else is the same. As Boom, Marvel's problem Capcom. solved. But should, what they should have done, all, all of the changes... Everything, new characters, all that stuff should have been DLC. They it should have been like a modification DLC. You right. know, plus, it, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. That's what should have happened, and it should have been cheaper. What they can still do to salvage my loyalty is if you already have more of a Capcom 3 and you bought it already, they can do something along the lines of what they did for the arcade edition for um, Super Street Fighter 4. Make it Fifteen dollars, and you get all that. You get the extra characters and all the, the the hoopla and the whatnots and the game that you should have gotten. I'll accept that. That that's the only way they can chal- They can really salvage it. Even though I'll buy that game at forty dollars, that's how they salvage my loyalty. Is to put out the DLC if you already adapted the game first at fifteen. So, yeah. so I'm going to say one more thing, and then we're going to move on. For anybody that buys this game, first of all, I don't want to hear anybody complaining about anything. That's Listen the first up, thing. Rob. <laughs> but um, anybody buys, I don't want to hear any complaints. But second of all, I really hope that they pack some lipstick in the case for you, because at least the <laughs> next time they decide to fuck you, you will look pretty. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen next time. Like if this works, I would expect to see it again. That's all I'm saying. Jared out. I already admitted my weakness. I, I <laughs> said that you know that's the statement that you can make is the biggest statement I can make is not to buy it. But I'm a weak person when it comes to this. Maybe I won't buy it. Maybe I'll be stronger by the time it comes out. And my anger will have festered long enough to be this rock hard Hulk like object. But maybe, but, but maybe not. We'll see. But for right now, he's not doing it. <laughs> yeah. My, right now, I'm weak, so that's okay. All right. That's cool. I just. It's hard for anyone to stay away from from the franchises that they love most. That is true. It's tough. Even though we we complain about it, then you're like, I gotta get it anyways because it's got that thing that is in the other one. Damn it! (laughs) 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 Many things I want. It's kind of almost the exact reaction I had, except a little more like kicking and throwing. (laughs) Usually a little more violent. Slightly, slightly. All right. So, uh, just make sure. Yeah, yeah. Last but not least. Can anybody guess what we're going to talk about? Well, Modern it's, Warfare. Yeah, since we already covered <laughs> Team Bondi, we got to talk about the other thing we talk about every week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty frequent, I guess. And it, you know what? It's going to be more frequent as we get closer to the actual release, because I can guarantee you, like in September, October, it's going to be like a media blitz, a couple of Eminem commercials, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> um, yeah. at, at least. Um, so, all right. Modern Warfare 3. Let's talk about the multiplayer first. Some information has come out about the multiplayer. Are we going to talk about that first? We're not going to say that for last? I think we should talk about the story first, honestly. Let's talk about the story. Let's talk about the crappy Modern Warfare 2 story. (laughs) (laughs) Because right now people are sitting at home and going, there's there's a story? (laughs) I thought I was just supposed to shoot stuff. Are they introducing a story now? Is that what's happening? Like That's weird. Yeah. Yes, there was a story, guys. Yeah, so um, the Modern Warfare 2 story, um, you know, people it's convoluted. Some people say it was complicated. I would not use that word. Not a complicated story. 
Maybe bones. tried to make it sound like it was, which is exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> two, two different things. Um, so basically, the Modern Warfare two story. I should say, I should say, I should say this: the Modern Warfare three story, according to uh, Robert Bowling, who is a uh, creative strategist at Infinity Ward. So it's, it's not really, me. Yeah, not him. <laughs> you know, it's basically his job to, you know, well, I guess story is one of his jobs. All right, yeah, and story and gameplay is one. And interesting gameplay is one of his jobs, and he's saying that the story from Modern Warfare Three is going to it's going to pull everything together, and that it's going to make like if you played Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare Two, it's going to make everything worth it. And he really didn't explain how he was going to do that with explosions. Yeah. Well, that's how they use. That's yeah. their normal, you know. That's how they normally do it. So, I, you know, why change anything? <laughs> why change what works? Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty much. He says, you know, every time they do a, well, not a modern warfare, but you know, any game over at Infinity Ward, um, they sit back and say, "Hey, what can we do better?" Clearly, well, you know, some. I guess somebody brought up meaning that the story can be better. Obviously, yeah, you know. Yeah, the story in every first-person shooter could be better, really. Yeah. But, you know, that's, again, something Just else that's about, a big yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, like, there were so many, like, when you're dealing with a, a if you're dealing with a fantasy game, that's one thing. You can kind of make stuff up and things that don't make sense can happen. But when you're dealing with a modern warfare game that's supposed to be kind of realistic, um, there's certain things that aren't excusable. Like, for example... Um, when actually the article that's going to be in the show notes brought this up, the no Russian mission. Okay, so you got four, actually, sorry, five guys, including yourself, that are unmasked, walking through an airport, shooting the place up, but yet they blame America for it because they didn't use Russian. They didn't say anything in Russian. Yeah, so obviously they're not Russian. Yeah, because the cameras that work in the airport weren't working that day, obviously. Um, so, you know, that was the point I was bringing up, like, you know, not one camera could have caught the faces of these terrorists, these known terrorists, you know, in Russia. So that was the first thing. Another thing is Prince launching a nuke by himself, where, you know, all pretty much he just went to the sub and launched a nuke like it was like a missile, like a, like a regular... Oh, yeah, like, it's not hard to do. Anybody can do that. You right? know what I'm saying? It's not like, like access codes or anything involved. Exactly. You know, one man... You don't print, need, like, the, you know, head of the country to just, you know, okay that. Or multiple people to, like, you know, do stuff, punch in the code, turn some keys, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> safeguards? Why would you have safeguards on a nuclear weapon? That's so silly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, that, those are just two things, two examples of of like the plot holes you can find in Modern Warfare Two. Um, there was a brief demo that was played, and in Modern Warfare Three, one of the areas that you go into, I guess you're gonna launch a nuke, and you have to launch, you have to have you know two keys, and you have to hit or turn the key at the same time as your other guy. So they're, I guess, they're gonna improve on little stuff like that, you know. Oh, improving on realism in a game that's supposed to be realistic but isn't because it's an action movie? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Catching up. To- you know what my biggest problem is with Modern Warfare and why this whole realism update isn't going to work for me? It's because they're probably not going to increase... They're not going to... The sound of the game is fake. It doesn't sound good. And they're probably not going to improve that. They need to just... You don't have to tell EA you're doing it. Just go buy Medal of Honor and listen to those sounds in that game. Okay, 
and then go make Modern Warfare 3 sounds. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of rude, but yeah, I guess that's correct. Like, there is nobody who listens to, there's nobody who, if you listen to this podcast, even if you don't listen to this podcast, if you just hear this statement out there and, and, and by accident, there's no way you can refute me. in the verse, yeah. Yeah, you, you, there is, there is no way you can refute me or, or disagree with me that Medal of Honor sounds so much better than Call of Duty. Does anybody here disagree with me? I don't. I, I mean, I from a in the same way that Call of Duty is exciting in an action movie context, I would say that its sounds are okay from like a hollow action movie standpoint. Like they basically like the sounds are kind of hollow in a way. Like they're not they they're not realistic because they don't really have any depth to them. They're not they don't they're not striking. You know, in that in that respect. So, like, I could understand why some people are sitting at home and they're going, but, dude, like, it sounds great. I love how, you know, like, my Warfare sounds awesome and blah, 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 and Black Ops and yada, yada, yada. I can understand why somebody would say that, but you have to understand what he means when he says, like, Battlefield sounds better. Or, well, <laughs> lol. <laughs> when Medal of Honor sounds better. Um, it, it's because, like, it sounds really real. Like, you don't want to get hit by a bullet, not... Oh man, that explosion was okay. Yeah, like, you know, like there's a there's a big difference in in the in the tone, I guess you would say. Yeah, Sound like, often always often gets overlooked too in favor of graphics, and really, it is so important. Like, how many of your favorite games do do you remember? Like the music from or, or sound effect, and, and like you just hear that, and it just takes you to that moment in the game. So yeah. it's really important to get that right, even though it doesn't get nearly as much attention as visuals do. Yeah, There's... but uh, but that from that standpoint, the you know like Medal of Honor is definitely the better sounding game. Like if you were to go film some footage of somebody fighting in Iraq and things of that nature, you know, that's how Medal of Honor sounds as as opposed to Call of Duty, which sounds like Mission Impossible Three <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So, I mean, basically, I don't want to get too far away from what we were actually talking about, but they're improving the story, okay, or they're they're working on things to improve the story, because I don't think the actual story writing is going to improve that much. But, um, especially because you can't improve, like, if you're making a new game, like, if they were making a new Call of Duty, like, not continue Modern Warfare, you know what I'm saying? That's one thing. There's a chance to, yeah, because after you get past a certain point... The plot and the and everything that goes along with it, you really can only fix so much. You you kind of have to accept the mistakes that are in your universe or whatever. Like, if you want to call them mistakes, whatever you want to call them, the things that happened have already happened. So the yeah, that's, yeah. So you, you can yeah you can't do too much with that. There's, there's only so much they're gonna be able to do the story. They need to be working on different things like the sound and the actual gameplay. Like they're just parts of Modern Warfare Two where it's just like. It, the single player is like, why? Why? Why are there a million Russians in this neighborhood? You know what I'm saying? You know, stuff like that. So, literally. You're, you're literally yeah. the entire like population of Russia in a, in a suburb. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So, exactly. There's a, there's a lot of other stuff they need to work on. Um, so, I wouldn't get your hopes up for the single player Modern Warfare 3. Let's flip it over to the multiplayer of Modern Warfare 3. Um, I'm a... I'm a not that excited. I'm actually getting less excited um, because based off of this article from Kotaku, which of course will be in the show notes, Modern War- to make a long story short, 
Modern Warfare 3 is going to dumb down. Okay, Modern Warfare 2, they, they complicated things more. They added more features, more perks, more tactical options. They're taking those away. They're too difficult for you guys. <laughs> that, that's, you can't handle it. You can't handle it. So, the multiplayer is going to be more like Modern Warfare 2. Okay, uh, sorry, not Modern Warfare 2, or the, the first Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4. Yeah, Call of Duty 4. Um, now, basically what that means is more gun-on-gun action. Uh, you know, there's going to be less places for people to camp, or they call them hot spots. Now, I didn't really, I didn't play the, I played the Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer like once or twice. Uh, and that's because I, you know, I didn't want to support that whole no dedicated server thing that they were doing. Um, so I, I wasn't too big into it, but I've never heard a complaint about the gameplay of the multiplayer. The thing I always heard a complaint about was how people cheated, that cheating was abundant, and, uh, you know, quickscoping. That, those are the complaints that I heard. But, you know, I, I, I guess they got different feedback, and so they are going to be removing, like, you know, a lot of things, like there's going to be less less options in terms of air support. I mean, you're probably, you're probably still going to get a, you know, like, well, you're still going to have, like, your airstrikes. Uh, you probably still have the that, that, that helicopter rolling in. That I hate that helicopter, but you, you know, from Modern Warfare 4, but you, um, Call of Duty 4, but you'll still have that. But it's going to be more, you know, infantry-based. Like, you and your boys rolling around shooting people. As opposed to putting up a turret or setting up base camp in a building and then defending it. Like, you know, this isn't Team Fortress. This is, you know. I mean, even Team Fortress doesn't work that way, hilariously <laughs> enough. <laughs> you know, well, essentially, they're saying they're going to get better by having less. Yeah, and they want okay. to simplify it. And this is a quote from Robert Bowling. It simplifies it so the less skilled player has less to think about. Okay, Robert, here we go. Noobs, they don't play better because the game is simple, okay? Basically what happens when you take somebody who's experienced in playing the game and you take a noob, the noob doesn't have a greater chance of killing that person who's experienced because of less options or because the gameplay is more simple. The simplified gameplay basically just makes it so that the noob gets rolled easier. You know, it makes it easier for the skill player to roll the noobs. You know what I'm saying? At least with these hot spots, as you call them, or camping areas or places where people would gather and, like, I guess, have high traffic and defend there, or choke points, as we would call them in some other games, you know, at least those areas gave people a fighting chance to, like, defend themselves or get some extra kills. But now, you want some noob to roll around against me? I'm just going to headshot him as soon as I see him. Sorry. Like, that's the way it is. And I think it's going to be a, a worse experience for the new player than if they had some type of options. Yeah, you're just going to make it easier for people that are already very good at first-person shooters to master the game. They're just going to... Yeah, it's going to be quicker. They're going to be quicker to, like, all right, yeah, I got this. This is easy to figure out. There's (laughs) Easier to massacre. (laughs) 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 Yeah, and then... I mean, yeah, it's definitely in the direction of the more skilled player. It's weird because you definitely, it almost sounds like, like he's convinced that it will help, you know, players. And I guess in a certain respect, like I, I respect the philosophy that like having less camping spots means that, um, you know, everybody's playing on level ground 
you know, just because you don't know a map back and forth. But the problem is what you already said. When you're running around and you can, and you're good at a, you're good at the game. You're a veteran at first-person shooters, and you're good at Call of Duty. That that doesn't give them a better chance. Like it really doesn't. Like I mean, like maybe if they're running around noob tubing or you know shooting grenades around a corner, like I guess. But it's not like for the most part, that's not going to help them. The fact that they could find a place to camp and maybe you know figure things out was their greatest asset, and now it's getting taken away. I would say that it's getting moved more along the lines of, like, for the competitive player. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but stop painting it as we're helping the noobs, because you're not. <laughs> yeah, no, well, no matter what you do, you're always going to have people that, you know, play, play it around the clock and that have been playing for years and played tons of first-person shooters. They're going to master the people that are new to it or only play, you know, uh, once every couple of weeks I play Call of Duty online. You know, you know that guy is still going to be right. in trouble when he goes up against me. The guy <laughs> Not uh, now, but which, before, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, it's just why like, I, I said before the show, it's, it's why I really like when console shooters have matchmaking. Like, like you guys, anyone who's listening to the show repeatedly knows I play Halo Reach all the time. Halo has one of the best matchmaking setups around on consoles. And, and um, you know, I mean, I'm like a grade four general in Halo. If I go up against somebody who's had the game for a couple of weeks, I'm going to destroy them. It's going to be ridiculous. Like, they just shouldn't be playing against me. And, you know, you, you can... You could say, oh, well, what if we change the maps around in Halo? And like, all right, well, then after a couple of weeks when I'm used to the, the new way things are, then I'll just be smashing them a different way, you know? Yeah, and it's, that's not going to fix thing. the problem. Exactly. The, the thing about Call of Duty, especially well, since Modern Warfare you know, came in vogue, was that the barrier for entry is high. If you're new, you're going to get rolled on a lot until you get to be good. And then you roll on new people a lot. Like, that's just how the game works. Until you, you know, unless you're just that good at shooters, you're going to get rolled on. The noob, it is not noob friendly. It never, it, it hasn't been. It hasn't been since Call of Duty 4, and, and, and they're trying to go back to that, but, like, it hasn't been friendly since then. Like, it's not like Call of Duty 4 was this magical place where all, like, everybody had a good chance there was still a bar for entry. People who prestiged two or three times definitely had an advantage over people who were just walking into the game. Even if they were good at shooters, they still had an advantage over them. So it, that's not going to... I, I don't see that changing. That's... A, and, like, I guess in that respect, you're right. Like, matchmaking would help. But I just, like, that that aspect of the game, like, it's kind of ingrained in what the game is now. Like, you have to stick with Call of Duty in order to get good at Call of Duty. And changing the maps around, you know, removing hotspots, things of that nature, it's not really going to fix anything. Like, the game is still going to be the game. You can't, you can't break it at this point. It's kind of like the story. Once you get to a cert- past a certain point, this is the game now. Like, you, you created this monster, so you got it, like, everybody's got to play in it. You, yeah. If you wouldn't change the game so, if you wouldn't change the game that much, it wouldn't be Call of Duty anymore and nobody wants. it. So. Yeah, you know what? There's plenty of other options out there. So, so if you're if you're that upset, if you're like that upset about how unfairly balanced it is in Call of Duty, there there's plenty of other military shooters alone for you to go play. Right. And, you either stick with it long enough to get awesome, or you and, go to yeah. those other games. And, yeah. <laughs> it's just in general, there's so many for you to play. So you're right, Rob. I mean, it's... everyone has bought this game in mass over the last several years. These games. So clearly, a lot of people are liking it. 
and really probably don't want the whole thing to be changed to something different. I've never heard of a player quit Call of Duty because it was too difficult. I get I I've heard more people quit Call of Duty because they're bored of it, which you know that's why I stopped playing Modern Warfare in the first place. I started getting bored from it. But these changes that they're making, um, they're not going to help the noobs like we've been talking about. But you know they're you know they're going to hurt the people who camp a lot. They're going to hurt those guys who get killed. And that's from fine. I am all about hurting some campers. Yeah. <laughs> I really because like that is annoying. Like I I will say like that's the thing I I support in the in the, the philosophy of the thing. Like that everything that they talking the things he talks about. Not necessarily everything. I don't like the fact that he was talking about, like, you know, oh, I want to include cool things where somebody finds a way to get up on this tail of this plane and jump off into, like, a higher level of the game than you've seen. And it's like, no, no, that's the thing that exploiters find in the we- in the first week that the game is played. That's the problem. Like, that's a problem. That's not something that we need to say. Um, the I-, I like the philosophy as far as we're going to de-emphasize, you know, like that everything is about air support and perks and your kill streaks, you know, like where because and, and in a way that helps them on the design side because or you know on the I guess the maintenance side of it once the game comes out because you don't have to worry so much about exploits like this apply drop, you know, that happened in in Modern Warfare Two that was god like exploded all to hell where you know oh you get a kill streak well that's it game's over pretty much as long as you can keep your your team can keep you safe long enough to just keep getting more killed you know more kill streaks that was a problem i i support the philosophy of like making it more about like actual player skill but again don't dress it up as it makes it better for noobs because either way it's still tough on noobs because either way they've still got that hump to get over in order to learn something I like most of what he says, you know, and maybe like I'm in the minority. I liked, at, at the very least, out of all of the Call of Duties that I played, I did like Modern Warfare, the first one, Call of Duty 4, the most. So if it goes more in that direction than how it was in Black Ops and Modern Warfare 2, I'm, I am all for it. But it's still not going to change stuff so fundamentally that I'm going to, you know, be in love with the game. So that's my piece. All right, so uh, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, That's all the news we have. Uh, So next week, in terms of game releases, uh, got a... uh, Well, I'm not going to say got a couple things to look forward to. (laughs) But... uh, Was Call of Juarez, the cartel, um, which... In terms of yeah, in terms of in terms of gameplay, hey, you do better. In terms of gameplay Uh, in the single player, I haven't heard too much good. I haven't really heard anything bad. I do know that the multiplayer has an interesting aspect. Not saying it's good or bad. I want to see how it plays out. But basically, like during the multiplayer, if you're playing, let's say, team deathmatch, you have these cell phones, and these cell phones will give you side missions to screw team, screw people on your team. Like it'll like you'll be fighting next to somebody, and then you get a message on your cell phone that says, uh, "Steal X dollars from somebody from you know X player's safe or from their back pocket and stuff like that." So I'm kind of curious to see how that turns out. Like I said, I not saying that's interesting. Good. Yeah, that's I almost like because lunch. people have been getting really nice online lately in games. Yeah. So they need to give people a reason to get mad at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Undermine <laughs> people so without being God. a team killing fucktard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like what? The game told me to steal all your money. Yeah, you sorry, want? dude, man. <laughs> Come on, bro. But um, dude, I didn't take that money. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, other than that, you have 
um, I was going to say Call of Duty Captain America. God. Um, you have Captain America Super Soldier. <laughs> that would be the worst game ever. <laughs> <laughs> you have Call, uh, Captain America Super Soldier. Um, Automedius Excellent, which that game's been pushed back God knows how many times. Um, then the game that you know, I know all of you are waiting for, Smurfs Dance Party Wii yes. and Smurfs oh, DS. Oh, God. So happy. Yeah, I know. I'm picking it up day one. I'm actually in line for it right now. Hey, at least they won't disappoint me like Marvel vs. Capcom 3 did. Because <laughs> <laughs> will be in the DLC. Yeah, you'll you'll know what to expect. Uh, Alright, but yeah, that's pretty much all you got to look forward to. Um, thanks for listening. Um, if you want to check us out, we're on MashThoseButtons.com, of course. Uh, you can check us out on SoundCloud, which is SoundCloud.com slash MashThoseButtons. Uh, if you're listening to SoundCloud right now, you can actually subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, which I would highly recommend because uh, that looks that makes us look great. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there's that option. You can also check us out on Twitter, which is twitter.com/slash MTB uh, MTB site. Yeah, so once again, twitter.com/slash MTB site without all the stuttering. And then um, I don't try to type that in. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, Facebook.com slash mash those buttons and uh, we love to hear from you please let us know what you think if you like the podcast hated got some criticism or there's some things that you like that you want to see more just let us know um rob is the community manager so all complaints go to him um that's so. right everybody else gets the praise i yeah. get to deal with your problems yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you gotta okay. filter you gotta that filter that stuff out before it comes to the top you know that's right. So <laughs> it all goes downhill, not up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. So yeah, that is that's all we got. So um, that's it, guys. We will see you next week. Have a good one. Later. Take care, everybody.